This morning, uh, um, I've decided to uh, have one last message in the book of Titus, and we'll do that in a couple of weeks. But um, this morning, I wanted to talk to you about needs, needs. And I was thinking about uh, being on a deserted island, what I would need or what I would dream that I needed when I was on a deserted island. If you can picture yourself sitting there having been shipwrecked all alone, You'd think about the things that you needed. You'd see lizards or some snake or something like that. and Maybe that would be your food or some bugs. And realizing and dreaming of food. Some of you are real foodies. You watch the Food Network and you, uh, you, you, you love watching beautiful food come out. And you, you could dream of that and you'd say, boy, I could, I'd really love some fresh baked bread. I, I, I long for that. Or maybe for some of you, it would be uh, a pasta dish with just some wonderful raviolis with some beautiful creamy sauce on top of it. Sorry for doing this. I realize that, you know, this time of day, I'd get hungry. And then if it was just me, I'd be thinking of a huge ribeye steak uh, grilled to perfection and seasoned probably over seasons is appropriate and just going, man, I just, I would, I'd love to have that. I, I'd long for that. Maybe some of you would struggle with companionship and you'd say, I'm so lonely. I, I, I just long for someone to talk to and to be with. Others of you would say, it is so boring. There's nothing to do. There's no sense of, I've been here for days and days and months. I long for something different. I need something different. You think about the different things that you struggle with need. And even today, though we're not on a deserted island, maybe there's things in your mind right now. You go, I need this. In fact, I don't see how I can go on if this doesn't change. Maybe it's something as uh, significant as your finances and you go, I I don't know how we can go on. I, I feel at the end of my rope and I feel like if this doesn't change, my life will continue to be worthless and unfulfilling and needy for the rest of my days. Maybe for you, it's it's the idea of having a job. And you, you say, you know, I, I don't have a job. I, I've struggled with days of, of wanting and even wanting God to provide, and it hasn't happened. Maybe it's uh, friendship. You feel alone. Maybe it's you're single and you feel alone. Maybe you just feel alone. And you say, God, why don't you change this? I, I'm in such great need. I, I, I can't make it without this. There's so many different places in our life where we feel empty and wanting. And that we're, we're crying out for and we're, we're thinking that our day is justified in having a bad attitude or being grouchy or being down or depressed because we are lacking. This morning, uh, as we look at the life of Paul, I hope that this will be an encouragement to you. I'm not here to scold you this morning and say, uh, you should just be happy. I don't believe that's what Paul's message is to us under the inspiration of God. 
And I trust that uh, maybe this will be an encouragement to you. If you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you from chapter 4, verses 10 through 13 from God's word. God says this. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. God, we do ask again that you would direct our thoughts through your word. I ask that you would work in our hearts as well, that not just that we would understand, but that uh, your word would find fertile soil in our hearts, that we might know uh, who we are in you, that we might trust in you, and that we might find our fulfillment in you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Um, I struggle sometimes talking about uh, God's Word because I know that it's God speaking to us and yet in Philippians, who wrote Philippians? Paul, the Apostle Paul. And so Paul writes about his own life and yet as he writes, God is writing to us and sharing with us uh, what it should look like for us and the riches that are found in him. I want to tell you that the book of Philippians, I want to encourage you, the Philippians is a great book, great book. Not just because it's in the Bible or, you know, that I like it or anything like that, but it shows us a life that understood the value of Christ. And And maybe this this morning will be something kind of revolutionary for you. Maybe it won't be. I don't know. Maybe it'll just be a reminder of something you already knew. But this morning, as we come together, I realize that Jesus isn't all we have. Jesus isn't all we have. We have other things, right? Uh, most of you have a car. You drove here. You even probably have a nice one because you made it. Uh, uh, there are some other people... I. Uh, I was thinking, I don't know if you drove up uh, from Bear Valley, there was a car stuck on the side of the road, and I was thankful for my 4 by 4 you know, coming in, and I just go, oh man, it's great to have, you know, poor sucker got stuck in the snow, I'm probably over at the Stones house right now. Uh, but I, I, I thought about that, and I, I thought, you, you know, we have other things. Most of you have a home. Most of you have a home that you, that you get to live in. It's usually a nice home. It has indoor plumbing. That's nice on a day like today. Um, you, you think about the things that we have. Many of you are married here today. You have a spouse. You've been married for a long time. A, a commitment from someone. Some of you have kids and grandkids. Some of you have family that loves you and is around you. Um, many of you have jobs. And many of you have bank accounts that have money in them too. Uh, you, you, you have things And it's not that Christ is all we have. So this morning, really, I want to tell you, he may not be all that we have, but he's all that we need. He's all that we need. Um, We look at verse 10. 
And Paul writes, he says, I rejoice in the Lord greatly. I rejoice in the Lord greatly. And really, as, as we look at this passage, Paul starts out telling us something that is unique. The book of Philippians is thought of as maybe a thank you letter. Paul had been imprisoned. He's under house arrest. He had these great needs where he didn't have any money. And so the Philippian church, you know, they, if they're Baptists, I guess they passed the plate and they gathered a collection and they sent it to Paul. Uh, do you like it when people send you money? Yes. Yeah. Some of you are a little confused right now. You're going, I don't know if I'm supposed to answer yes, but I know your heart is yes. They sent him money. And as he's writing, this isn't a very good thank you letter, by the way, because what does he say? He says, I rejoice. And, and if you're the Philippian church, they're sitting on the edge of their seat. And he says, I rejoice that the, you guys were so great that you sent me money. That's what you're waiting to hear. And he doesn't say that. He says, I rejoice in the Lord greatly. And you see this thing here that's very important for us to see is that Paul, Paul saw what he had, all that he had, both material and spiritual. He saw that as a gift from God. He rejoiced in the Lord. He rejoiced in the Lord greatly. That this was part of the secret that, that really uh, is going to flow through this whole passage. That the Lord is the one we are to rejoice in. Let me be honest with you. It's not in our kids. It's not in our wife or our husband. Not in our job. Not, not in uh, uh, a financial gift that is uh, timely and just, wow. Uh, it's not in anything at all. Anything at all. But it's in the Lord. And you say, well, can't you be thankful that you have a wife and kids and job and, you know, all? yes. But it's not, you know, um, you can imagine me going out in the parking lot and uh, finding my car. And I say, I rejoice in you, my car. I rejoice in you, my car. I, I just am so thankful to you, my car. Uh, see, Paul understood that the, the, the one thing that's important to remember in all blessings of life, that they have a, a place where they come from. It's the Lord. It's the Lord. He's the one. And so as Paul could rejoice in the midst of his life, he said, it's in the Lord I can rejoice. And I want to just ask you, um, when, when can we not rejoice in the Lord? When is it that it, we're incapable of doing that? When, when is a day where he changes his goodness? I realize there are days that we're sick. I realize there are days when uh, we struggle with different things. It was interesting. Uh, um, I was talking to some older folks, one being my father. Uh, my father grew up in places where it snowed, and he's worked in the snow. And so I told him yesterday, I said, yeah, I think it's going to snow. And he goes, oh, awful, awful. And I thought, awful, it's great. I think the snow's great. Talked to another couple who, uh, they were dairy farmers in Michigan. And uh, 
they said, well, you know, that sounds terrible that it would snow, right? And I'm thinking from Santa Barbara, you know, every day, every snow day can be a good day, right? It's exciting. But the picture here is this, that Paul does not look at one day as different from the other because his Lord is not changing. His relationship, his, his gift of his salvation does not change from day to day. And so he says, I, I rejoice in the Lord greatly. He sees his gift, uh, his blessing, and he realizes that it's from the Lord. He goes on in verse 11 to clarify some things. And this is important for us to remember. And this, this gets hard to understand. I'll, I'll admit that to you. Verse 11, he says, Not that I am speaking of being in need. Let me ask you a question. Was do you think Paul was in need? Yeah. Yeah. He, he, in fact, the Philippian gift met his need. Met his need. And then Paul says, not that I'm in need. Not that I'm in need. And I struggle with this. I, Paul, were you in need or weren't you in need? Did you have this, uh, this resource, this treasure that you, you know, and then the Philippian church gave you this money and it was just, you know, for a vacation by the sea? <laughs> uh, what was it? He says, no, I, I wasn't in need. You see, Paul's clarifying statement of that he was not in need meant this. That we don't need food. We don't need houses or cars. We don't need people or children. We, we don't need... Uh, we need something so important and so foundational that we forget. It's Jesus. We need Him. I struggle with this. I, I struggle looking at this and going, can I truly say, apart from all those other things of life, that I am not needy because I have Jesus? You see... Uh, that flows into what we're doing in life, right? Uh, this last week, w- was there any time where you're anxious and you go, oh, my life is terrible because of this. If this would change, then I'd be okay. Then I'd be able to rejoice. Then I'd be able to go on. If this doesn't change, my life will be awful forever. Paul says, in my circumstance, I, I want you to know I am not needy. I'm not needy. He goes on to explain, middle of verse 11. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation that I am to be content. I've learned. Uh, There's a lesson there, obviously. Learning is a lesson, right? And he says, there's a lesson that I had to learn in life, and what was it? What has God taught me? That there can be contentment and there needs to be contentment in whatever circumstances we have, in, in whatever's going on. I, I, the way he says that, first of all, I, I guess I'm encouraged that he had to learn this because I don't feel like I have that all the time. I, I don't feel like uh, this is something simple that I just kind of snap my fingers. Uh, and, and there I am. Verse 11, Paul says, 
that he that he could do this or was called to do this or learn to do this in whatever situation. Think about your situations in life. What, what are the things that you struggle with contentment? Uh, does anyone have any off the top of their head? We're just a small group here. Finances. I'm with you. Who else? Anything else? But family situations aren't what you want them to be. I mean, your kids aren't doing what they, they, you want them to do and hope for them. Just hypothetical, sons. Just hypothetical, you know. Uh, think about friendships that have fallen apart, relationships. What about health? You know, sometimes you look at your health and you say, I didn't sign up for this, and this should go away pretty quick, and I'm kind of tired of this. Maybe it's uh, situations that have gone on for years, and you're just tired of it. Paul says, uh, you know, there's something to be learned here, and it's that contentment can be found in whatever situations. He says he's learned this, that uh, he's not needy, that Jesus uh, is the one that he rejoices in. Verse 12, I, I think it's important that Paul adds this in, and I don't say add this in in the way that it's not inspired, but that he makes sure, God makes sure that we realize that Paul is not one of these He says, I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound in any and every circumstances. I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Paul says, look, you know, I have been in both. I have been in both. I have been without food. I have been uh, without friend. I have been without family. I've been abandoned. I've been low, but I've also had abundance. You see, uh, as much as we would disagree with this, I think that often we think that life is going to be perfect. And if it's not perfect, something's wrong. Like God, was He blinked or something. He missed something. And Paul says, I know both sides of that. And I still say it. I still believe there's contentment in whatever situation. I still believe that Jesus can be greatly rejoiced in. Whatever it is, whatever situation is today. And I I realize that um, even in a small group like this, we roll into church with many different burdens and baggage. And I don't say baggage in such that you've done something bad this week. Maybe we have. I, I, I don't know. This isn't something that I... But I realize that we come in and we gather together. We wake up in the morning with different challenges for the day. And we realize sometimes we're going, oh, yeah, I can handle this. But in reality, many days we go, I don't know what I'm going to do today. I don't know how this is going to work out. Paul says... Uh, Christ will be enough for you. Because he knows he's walked this past. He's experienced both the highs and the lows. It's interesting uh, talking about highs and lows. Christ calls himself to be enough in the lows, but also in the highs as well. If you flip back a page... um, 
this isn't just one passage. The whole book of Philippians is screaming uh, that Christ is enough. If you look at uh, chapter 3, starting at verse 8, I, I think it's interesting. He says this, Indeed, I count everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. You like that? Uh, it's just a worth thing, right? Why do you buy things? Why do you buy things? Because I have to. No, you buy things because it's worth it to you. You look at the money in your hand and you say, oh, $100. Hmm. Would I rather have the $100 or would I rather have this thing? If you'd rather have the thing, you give them the $100. If you don't think it's worth it, you don't give them the $100. It's really simple. And Paul looks at everything in his life, the, the accomplishments that he had, the pride, the, the great things he had done, as well as the things, that, the sin, all, all those things. And he says, guess what? All of it. Count it all as loss. Why? Because of the surpassing worth of Christ. Do you like that? It, it's it's as if he said, I figured out, and I don't say figured out in a sense like he was smart, but he says, I have seen the worth of Christ. I've seen it. And it's worth so much that I, I willingly give it all, like I willingly leave the other junk behind. Because Christ is worth it. So that's how Paul, in chapter 4, he keeps going back to, he says, whether I'm low or whether I have it, it doesn't matter. Christ is worth it. Christ is enough for me. In the same uh, verse 12 there, um, I, I want you to get this. He says, in any and every circumstance, in any and every circumstance, that's for you this morning. You may say, well, yeah, that's that's fine for Paul. That's fine for Paul. But Paul Paul doesn't know what I'm going through today. Well, it might be it might be okay for Pastor Kevin, you know, he everything's rolling for him today. Everything's perfect in his life. I, I want you to get this. It's for you today. And it's not just for you today because Things are going well. But in anything that's going on in your life today, any circumstance that's happening, Christ is enough for you today. Anything. Anything. Paul had learned what works every day. You say, well, today's not so bad. I like today, but what happens tomorrow? What happens tomorrow? What happens if a, a dear friend abandons you? What if you're estranged from your family? What if you get sick tomorrow? What if one of your family members dies? What if you lose your job? What if, you know, what if, what if, what if? You know, we have fears for the future, don't we? I don't want to you know, raise your hand and say, tell us your fear for the future. Some of you would go, uh, go go on to somebody else. I, I'm sorting out like I got about ten good fears, and I'm just wondering which one I should be sharing right now. Fears for the future. Well, what about tomorrow? Jesus will be enough. Whatever, what any and every circumstance, Jesus will be enough for you.
verse 13. Uh, look down at this. I love this. Love it. In, in light of what we've already talked about, Paul says, I, I know to have plenty and be in want. I, I know that, that Christ will be enough. And he says this, verse 13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Hear his word this morning. Now, not just hear his word this morning, but think it through and apply it to what is bothering you in your heart right now, is causing you to be anxious. You see, uh, you don't want to be matched up against someone, a believer in Jesus Christ, who's trusting in God's word, this verse 13. You don't want to be matched up against this person. You know why? Because they think they're invincible. You know why? Because they are. Because <laughs> they are. There's no sense of limitation. It does not mean that they'll always win. It doesn't mean that, but it means this, that there's a confidence that we can have in Jesus Christ because of what he did on the cross that I am taken care of in full all the time and that his strength, his strength will be the one that will propel me in the days ahead and will cause me to be able to walk with him whatever happens. Uh, there are areas of your life that you're really confident in, isn't there? You know, some of you are, are good at math, and so you say, you know, if it was all riding on a math problem, I'd be fine. Others of us, if it was riding on a math test, we'd lay down and die right now. Others of you say, you know, um, uh, physically, I, I think I can run or I can lift or, uh, you know, intellectually, I'm smart enough to do this or, you, you know, the idea I've done this before. I, I have confidence. But do you get this verse? Verse 13 says, whatever is happening out in the future, whatever is going to happen tomorrow morning, whatever sickness comes up, whatever family trial happens, whatever it is, I can do it. Why? Because of Christ who strengthens me. You see, we're not invincible in and of ourselves, but we are powerful, the power of Christ, as we trust in Him, as we cling to Him. Three encouragements I want to give you uh, this morning that hopefully will uh, encourage you for this week. First of all, I, I want you to think about this. That if you are in Christ here today, you probably will have both. Okay? Both the highs and the lows. Uh, be ready for them. Be ready for them. That if things are going great for you right now, praise God. Trust in Jesus. That the, the benefits of what has happened to you right now, they have a a place where they came from. They came from the Lord. And if you head towards trial, realize this, realize this, that that's part of life as well. We live in a sinful world that's hard and that God somehow in His infinite plan draws us to Himself in those dark times as well because He will be enough for us. The second thing I want to tell you is this. Christ is not just okay for spiritual things. 
but for dinner, but for housing, but for your work, for your family, for your health. Christ is not just a a spiritual concept that we say, oh, you know, I can think good thoughts and dream of heaven, but Christ is enough for you right now. If you're struggling with food or finances or, or family issues, Christ is enough for you right now. Lastly, I want you to to think about this and and think about how this applies. Just this one simple statement is this. Christ is all we need. Christ is all we need. Um, I don't think this happened. I don't think that... uh, you had things going on in your life that were a mess when you walked in. I don't think those things got magically fixed while we've been in here. They may have. I don't know. But I, I don't think they have. But if you, could, if you could apply this one truth to those circumstances that are going on, Christ is all you need. He is sufficient for you. Let me pray and ask that God would remind us of this. God, thank you. Thank you for this morning, this sweet group of people that you have gathered here to sing, to encourage one another, to hear your word. God, I pray uh, that your message from your word, um, I pray that it would be working in this group here this morning, myself included. God, forgive us for chasing after accomplishments and people and things that... um, are fine in in their proper perspective, but they are not to be replaced or trust in you. God, I pray that you'd be honored in the lives here present today. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.